Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey everybody, welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh. I'm Kylie. And on today's mini-sode, we talk about Moonlight. Alright. Number three on our list comes from Barry Jenkins. And it's from 2014. No, sorry, 2016. Sorry, 2016. And it's called Moonlight. Charlie, you look upset that I'm talking about Moonlight right now. It's blue. Yeah, oh, I know. It's not red, Charlie. I'm so sorry. Alright, everyone. <laughs> so, Moonlight. It's a fun, fun time. Good times. Um. I know it's a better version of Boyhood. I know it is. It is. It's a much better version. Oh, because it actually wins. Is this our only best picture? Yes. <laughs> what a sh... Okay. Yes. Interesting. In some ways, a separation is a best picture. Yeah. The next one on the list is 30. Mm-hmm. That's 12 Years a Slave. Okay. Well, so we're going to talk about Moonlight. Yeah. A beautiful film. A good old coming-of-age film, better than Boyhood. It's not boring like Boyhood. <laughs> It is, it is different. <laughs> yeah. I also think it's a better film than Boyhood, but I also don't dislike Boyhood. Though, I do think it's a, it's a good co- comparison point, mm-hmm. because in some ways, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, whack Richard Linklater with this. There is some privilege involved with a film like Boyhood. Mm-hmm. You get to be this 12-year-long... A uh, nearly three-hour uh, epic of white male boyhood, mm-hmm. and with Moonlight, it's a it's a crisp. I think the film's under two hours, or it's barely at two hours if it's at that. Um, it it has to tell its story. It is at one eleven. Um, it has to tell its story in three different. Ch- it chooses to tell its story in three different chunks with three different actors over the course of there, and it's got to make a lot of more uh, economic choices for its budget. It's clear that it is a small-budget film. And I do not mean that in a bad way, because I think that it uses its budget really, really beautifully and really, really well. It'd be interesting to see if Barry Jenkins was at a level of mm, clout that even Richard Jenkins has, if he would be able to make a film like this. Yeah. Like, I suppose, like, if we were, like, could Spike Lee make a film like this or like boyhood right and the question is maybe i w- w- yes would spike lee want to that's I guess not the question the... i'm asking <laughs> <laughs> um but if you tell spike lee if you gave spike lee barry jenkins's script and said make this movie what would it look like over the course of 14 years yeah or 12 years whatever. yeah absolutely yeah would would we be able to create and sell that film i think I think, like, you picked the right director. Yes is the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are very few others. That yeah. Are... I was thinking even somebody like F. Gary Gray, mm-hmm. who is another prominent African-American director. Um, his most recent hits are, like, Straight Outta Compton and Fate of the Furious. Um, I, don't, I don't think you could do that either. 
Like, he, uh, that also wouldn't be something that the studio would let happen. So, yeah, I think that's just an interesting cultural two touchstones as how we're talking about... John Singleton? Maybe. If it were the 90s? Yeah. Yeah? He did Boys in the Hood, right? Yes. Yeah. Boy. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just put some words in the middle. And I think there's a Z. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man, Charlie is is just a great evil lap cat for you right now. Like his <laughs> eyes are just like, what is wrong with you? You should have laughed laugh, how, louder at Kylie's joke. <laughs> it was great. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, Boyhood, uh, what was your uh, first experiences or thoughts? What were your initial thoughts on Boyhood? Well, me to go back to 2016? Sorry, I meant Moonlight. <laughs> you want me to go back to 2016? Well, I just... Initial <laughs> thoughts. Let's go. What, what, jump in. Let's jump just in. thoughts about Boyhood? No, Moonlight. You're watching this kid's life through three different... Or you're watching this person's life through three different timelines and three different sections. Um, I find that... The film, I think the film is showing two different kind of journeys that we often don't get to see mixed in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. because it's not only telling the story of a young African-American boy through his life, but we're also watching a LGBT youth, and a lot of times you tend to do one or you do the other, mm -hmm. but we don't we don't really deal with interlocking systems of oppression that often. And so it was actually interesting to get that perspective of LGBT coming of age because we don't get in with the African-American experience because even within that, where you tend to, where we would tend to see like, um, we may see the, what's the word, adversaries that he would face from a white community. Mm -hmm. We see that within the African-American community itself, mm -hmm. which is kind of a perspective that you don't focus on often. We don't focus on how people who may face oppression can also oppress others. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think that that's a very bold take, and I think that it's a very good take that Barry Jenkins is doing to say this isn't just one versus the other, it's us as a society. And some people need to do more than others based on their place of privilege, yeah. but it's not just one v one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I love that. Um, I think it really encapsulates the themes of this movie really, really well. I also, I like that this film looks at the LGBT relationships in um, Chiron's life, but it doesn't necessarily have any scenes of him. Like, there's not, like, the coming out scene, so to speak. Even from the original kind of... Um, even in the first sequence, his mom pretty much out and out says that he is gay but there's not like there's no 
acknowledgement. There's no like other. It's just like this is who this kid is, and he's gonna have to fight his way through life. And but then there's also that acknowledgement of if he's going to survive, he needs to be different. Um, and that I think is a really is another kind of theme that is is just at, explored really well in this movie, especially when we get to the third act of the movie, the third section where he's an adult and he has completely thrown out and thrown away um, every side of him that was said to be quote unquote weak. Mm -hmm. um, and then we spend that third act of the film with Kevin, who's played by Andre Holland, um, really trying to dig dig past that shell that that we kind of put there um and in in some ways the the grill that he has on his teeth is really metaphor mm -hmm. you know because that's the outer shell that he's put around himself and we try to dig deep inside and try to find the real chiron you know and and i i appreciate that the movie is not only about um sexual identity it is about personal identity and uh, racial identity and like it explores identity in so many different ways mm -hmm. and it is to, to, to talk a little bit about how this film deals with its metaphorical ideas in terms of its narrative its narrative isn't very like it's not a like A to B to C to D like plotty narrative it's just watching this kid grow up and dealing with all the lives there and so it is a more thoughtful metaphorical film and we do see these long sequences of, of just people thinking or the water or them driving or whatever it is and so in some ways it, it again has some visual similarities to a film like The Tree of Life but where it, what it does do is it does ground it in the realism of the world. The realism of this uh, Florida town that they're living in. You know. I mean it's a beautiful film. Like it looks gorgeous. The cinematography is stunning. The the way that it's paced, the way that the the framing of it, the every the editing of it, piecing it together, the performances are all really solid. Um, there's not a weak section. There's not, yeah. Um, whereas when we were talking about Boyhood, there's definitely more engagement when he's a child, I think, than mm -hmm. when he is a yeah a, a preteen and then even a teenager. Um, the, uh, three actors who play Sharon over the course of the years, I really like the fact that they don't, and Barry Jenkins has mentioned this in some of his interviews, three actors don't look the same at all. Mm -hmm. Um, you would not physically guess that, like, the kid version and the high school version and the adult version would grow to be the same person, but what they do have about them that really links this character of Sharon together is a physicality. Um, and the way they move about each other and the way they react to things and their facial expressions. And they, they, I don't know which, like, who he had act like the others. I'm assuming that he probably had the kid be a lot like the kid and the teenager and then the adult had to do the most work to put it all together. But it, it, it feels like one person, even though if you were looking at these three actors side by side, you wouldn't ever be like, oh, they're the same person, mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
Why? Why Moonlight? Why is it number three? Why is it representative? That was great. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> I mean, we're in the middle of... This film comes out even before the question... Uh, maybe it's right at the start, but like the ideas of toxic masculinity. Like, we're about to break through with those conversations mm -hmm. becoming a lot more mainstream. I think this is a film that helps that conversation come through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, this is one of, like, inciting incident. Yeah. Um, this is this is at the beginning of that, and now that that's such a, a heavy topic that we're talking about in society, I think that being able to see a movie that was just right on the precipice of that, that's what that's what really helps it be part of the conversation. It's also a film that doesn't make it feel ham-fisted okay. as where something like the Lego movie part two also tries to have this conversation that doesn't feel as natural as this. Moonlight does not feel like it's harping on um, the subject mater material and is taking it with a lot of more grain of salt while Lego Movie Part 2 is just like well here's our narrative yeah um, additionally I think it's really important to note that this is a movie that is made in Obama's America that comes out in Trump's America um, and I think that that is a really important piece of its narrative because I don't think this movie is is made at any other point than when it when it can be made. You're talking about being on the precipice of not only the conversation about toxic masculinity being this mainstream thing we're going to start to analyze, but also um, looking at LGBTQ rights and how they're going to move forward or not move forward. Um, looking at representation in film, uh, whether that be people of color or women or whatever it is, um, you know. And so this film, I think really 2016 is such this breaking point for this decade. And Moonlight, I feel like, is the film that has all of these ideas from Obama's America that we're trying to push, that are like moving forward and we think are going to be these ideals of the country. And then when it comes out, it then becomes this almost rebellious idea of what we could have been and what, what the what we are still trying to strive for against some of these ideas. And then in some ways, I think this is where you pair, you can pair in a little bit the La La Land Moonlight debate because, so this is the Oscar history of this is that, you know, they accidentally say La La Land when Moonlight is really the winner. Um, and the battle is between these two films. And, and like, this is kind of, I think the 20, year of 2016, in terms of Oscar race, came down to these two. And they were the big kind of populist, mainstream. Um, in a lot of ways, you can look at La La Land, which is a film that I like. I, I fully stand for La La Land. Um, it's a good film, but it doesn't... It's a good film that has things to say. And I don't want to say that the things that it's saying aren't important, because they are, because it's part of a human experience. But they don't feel as nuanced mm -hmm. or as critical as the conversations that Moonlight wants to bring up. Agreed. And there's also a way that La La Land represents 
a white experience, a straight experience, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a very classic. Th- I mean, Damien Chazelle is the throwback direct. He's throwing back to a lot of classic musicals, and he's not necessarily engaging the culture in the same way that Moonlight is. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of get these two divides between these two movies. And while I would never say that I think Damien Chazelle or La La Land is trying to be some sort of, I don't know, conservative icon of a movie, it's not by any means. I think it could... It gets the win that it deserves. Yes. Yeah. Which is in Emma Stone's performance. Emma Stone and Chazelle. Mm -hmm. You know. It wins an Oscar it deserves. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I think that debate, those two movies really encapsulate the time period really well. Well, I mean, even if you look at it, like, La La Land, which is the, the big competitor, doesn't it get, like, 11 nominations? It's the most nominated film, tied for the most nominated film of all time, mm-hmm. yes. Um. Whereas this, I'm going to spoil something, this doesn't get any, this doesn't get a lot of the big ones. It doesn't get, it gets a actress nomination, but our three characters who play the lead, they, they do not get a nomination And there. part of that is, and I'm not going to say this Which one do you it, give it to? Is which one is the lead. I think they're all supporting yeah. in that way. You give Ashton Sanders the supporting nom. <laughs> is that the teenager? That's the teenager. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sharon. Yeah. Um, he wins MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. As he should. Which, that's what's most important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's also the one out of the three who I think's career has... I don't know what he's done. I know one thing that the older guy has done, though. Um, so, I am very familiar with this guy's career. Alright, great, yeah. With this kid's career. Um... He was in The Equalizer 2, which was a Denzel Washington action. Right, yeah, yeah. Fun times. He had Native Son, Native Son which had a little bit more critic buzz, uh-huh. and then Captive State. But I think the biggest thing is that he he's the lead, I believe, of the Wu-Tang American Saga oh, cool. TV show. Nice. So I think that he's at least working more often. Yeah. Um, um, Trevante <laughs> Rhodes, who plays mm-hmm. the old, the adult version of Chiron, is in, um, The Predator, and then he's also in, um, Twelve Strong, mm-hmm. the Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth on a Horse movie. Yes, he is. Um, and then Letterboxd has just told me that he's also in Bird Box. I would never have known that. So we're at the same level with all of these guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, nice. Uh... It, it, to look at this, the cast, I think that the actual supporting adults, um, uh, meaning uh, Mahershala Jan- Ali, Janelle Monet, Andre Holland, are probably the... Naomi Harris. Naomi Harris, yes, thank you. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, are black pro- and black and blue! <laughs> are probably the three or four that uh, break from this movie a little bit more in terms of casting and, and things like that. I think... Which is interesting. Yeah. Because we're like, yeah, these everyone. And then it's like, not the people who played Sharon. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like all of them a lot. And I think that in a weird way, it's because Sharon himself is a quiet, contemplative character. So everybody you put around him has to be more active and engaging. And specifically in the... Yes. (laughs) Um, 
And specifically in the scene when he's little, um, Janelle Monet, Naomi Harris, and Mahershala Ali carry the movie. The kid barely talks. Mm-hmm. Um, again, good character choice. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Great, great movie. Let's see how it does at the Oscars. I'm gonna say eight nominations. I can't just link over to it. Come on, Wikipedia. Um, 2017 Oscars. 89th Academy Awards. So you say eight nominations? That's my oh, guess. Oh my gosh, why isn't this Wikipedia? Sorry. I only, I only do the Oscars for, on Wikipedia. I can't stand the Oscar site. Um... So, Moonlight is nominated for eight. Do we want to start with the wins? Um, Naomi, not Naomi Harris, Mahershala Ali for Best Supporting Actor. Oh, yeah. I forgot that they both win. Does Naomi... Wait, nope. No, Naomi doesn't <laughs> Sorry. win. Yeah. Picture. Okay. Um, how many total does it win? Three. Three. Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Which one? Adapted. It's adapted. Because it was a play that didn't get... Yes. It was a play that didn't... I don't know if it would... I don't... don't, I'm not going to try and know the history of the play. (laughs) It was a play that was uh, unproduced. Unproduced. And then it was... Barry Jenkins read it and said, I will make a movie out of it. Cool. Yeah. Um, So, uh, law... uh, Barry Jenkins is nominated for Best Director and loses to Damien Chazelle. Yeah, other From nominees of this year. Um, include... Oh! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Include Mel Gibson for oh. Max Ridge. Include Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester. And... You want to see. <laughs> yeah. And, um... What's the last one? It's one that, uh, is, uh, shocking. <laughs> More shocking than Mel Gibson? Well, it's a film that I say only I like, and then you yell, Kindly not that people like this film! <laughs> Am I not one of them? Your take is... Eh. <laughs> That's a it's good... It's good! It's a hot take, yeah. So then I just assume I'm wrong. No, you're not. This is a director who, because of this film and his next film, he has now become a staple for science fiction. Denis Villeneuve mm-hmm. for Arrival. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so then we get Naomi Harris mm-hmm. for Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and she loses to... Okay, so we're 2016 Best Supporting Actress. So I know Michelle Williams is nominated but does for Manchester but does not win. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Um... What if those figures were hidden? Oh, what if those figures were hidden? Octavia Spencer does not win, but there's hidden figures. What if we made um, a really boring movie? <laughs> not hidden figures. This is a new film. New boring movie. What if we made a new, another boring coming of age film where when he's a child is far more interesting than when he's an adult? In 2016? Mm-hmm. 
I wonder if that child's real name was Sunny. <laughs> what if? What if indeed? <laughs> oh. That that should have given me more, but that gives me nothing. What if we took Is it a child performance? No, it's, okay. it's a lady. It's a it's an actress who I find who for a long time I didn't like, and more recently I was like, yeah, she's a great actress. She always has been and always will be. Oh, Bryce mind. Dallas Howard, your favorite actress of all no, time. No, we had a conversation oh. about this actress yesterday. And Nicole Kidman. Lion, lion. I said the same thing. When did Nicole Kidman become my favorite? <laughs> we still haven't got the winner. The winner is the one I'm missing. Oh yeah, Josh, come on. Come on, steeped in controversy. <laughs> the okay, the art there. Ar... Here's the argument. This is a controversial year. At the oh, Oscars. okay. Yeah. Um, the argument of this casting is: is this lady the lead or is she supporting? This is Viola Davis in Fences. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Okay. Oh, sorry, brain. So sorry. You're okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, now I need three others. Uh, cinematography? No, I gotta find them. Okay. What? Cinematography? Uh, yeah. And it loses to La La Land? La La Land. What okay. if there was a land that was full of La La? What if there was? Editing. It also it's also nominated with Arrival, Lion, and Silence. Awesome. What, okay. What else? Editing? Yes. And it loses to uh, La La Land? No, I got okay. this one correct oh, okay. when we did our Oscar bracket, and I cheered at first, and then I went, oh. Because I picked the wrong movie, but because it won, I got a point. <laughs> okay. I made this choice by mistake. Did Bohemian Rhapsody win this year, too? No. Is that? Okay. <laughs> Great. Huh. I may need some more. The I, man's I, name is John Gilbert. Oh, of course! <laughs> Famous editor, John Gilbert. Wow, I thought you were actually... Um, I'll give you the I'll give you the other nominees. Okay. Arrival, Hell or High Water, and La La Land. And Moonlight. So, so it's not Moonlight or La La Land. Is it Hell or High Water? No, I gave you the other nominees. I did not give you the winner. Oh, oh. I thought you were giving me all of them. No, John Gilbert. <laughs> John... Hey, Josh. Yeah. What is a movie I'd be upset about? Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. Hacksaw Ridge! Hell <laughs> Stupid Hacksaw Ridge! Stupid as uh, Okay, last one for Moonlight. Yeah. Uh, score. Uh huh. Great. Who beat it? <laughs> La La Land. Nope, Jackie. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> okay. I was like, Jackie's got a good score, but sorry, like. Sorry, sorry. Passengers oh. by Thomas Newman. Stupid Newman family. So you're about passengers? <laughs> not oh, Thomas. That's not Thomas. That's Randy. You give Thomas more respect. Seen about passengers on a spaceship. Thomas Newman is is upset at you. Good. I let the hate flow through you. How many Oscar winners are in this film? One. One. <laughs> I did it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Good job. For two movies. Yeah. He's a double. Yep. Totally is. Alright. For Moonlight and Alita Battle Angel. Oh, Josh. That's Christoph Waltz. 
and Mahershala Ali, no. they share it together. No, they don't. Yeah. No. No. Josh. Yeah. Josh. Uh-huh. Josh. Yeah. If you want to join this conversation, and why wouldn't you, you can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, which is a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. Like. That helps us get more listeners. You can also find us on Facebook at Friend of Friend Podcast and Twitter. DWT underscore podcast. YouTube. Ducks together. Tumblers. Ducks together. Letterboxd. Derby ACT and Kylie Gallagher. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Josh. Kylie. Quack, 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 quack. quack, quack. quack.